<coughs> Podcast Network Asia. On this episode of Geek PD, CGI has created a renaissance of graphic design and special effects. But does this mean that it is rendering practical effects obsolete? We'll soon find a. Uh, hang on, hang on a second. Editor, remove the radio filter. There we go. Hey, how are you doing? Yes, I'm talking to you, the listener. COVID been treating you right? No? Well, that's no problem. Today's episode is going to be quite chill. So why don't you kick back, relax, pour yourself a drink, and listen to the wonder that is this episode's Geek PD. Geek PD. Hi. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Migs. My name is Dre. And hi, I'm Ian. And you're listening to another episode of Geek PD. Geek PD! Geek PD! Welcome <laughs> to the precinct. Thank you so That's much right. for stopping That's by. Right. Lovely right. fortnight of an evening. Yeah, And I, as Migs things. did say, this is going to be a relatively more chill episode. I mean, most of our episodes are, are relatively I didn't say chill. anything, Dre. What are you talking about? I mean, as, uh, as the guy that talks like this. Wow. A while ago. <laughs> okay, wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is going to be, I mean, most of our episodes are relatively chill, but this is, I guess we're going to try to make a less fact heavy or lore. I mean, there's going to be a little bit like of Like we ever are fact heavy, are we? Yeah. We're, we're pathetically factly incorrect. I mean, like yeah. that time that I kept getting facts wrong <laughs> and names <laughs> wrong. Camila Khan. <laughs> Instead of. Camille Khan. Instead of bombarding oh, you with information this episode, we're just gonna take a back seat right now and just you know just ride. We're gonna take a back seat, so we're gonna go to your cars, grab your back seat, yeah, <laughs> and force you to drive. We're just gonna point a gun at you and say drive, like in all the movies. <laughs> but yeah, you oh, know, okay, I, like speaking speaking of uh, CGI and stuff like that, uh, I I was telling Migs segue, earlier just... on. <laughs> no, I was I was <sighs> I was telling Migs earlier on. Uh, Ian, you weren't here yet. About this, this, this very vivid dream I had last night. And it's, you know how Power Rangers, at, at the end of every season, they kind of retire because they just beat the big bad. There's no more threat and they kind of hang up. Or their, the cast their gets replaced. Yeah. So they kind of like hang up their morphers. So I had this dream and it was so vivid that I kind of still remember some details about it that I was a retired Power Ranger, right? Like it's been years, but... Yeah. It's it, it, it's kind of a, the an end of the world situation. Like you got monsters coming out of the ocean, some kaiju as well. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I I had to go back to this this abandoned kind of fortress thing to go look for our old morphers so we can mm-hmm. become Power Rangers once mm-hmm. again and, and and beat the big bads. But time to bust out old reliable. Morphing <laughs> <Hey>, time. <laughs> Tyrannosaurus. Wait, so, okay, so given their old age, if ever you they morph after years or decades of not morphing for so long, do their costumes naturally fit their the physique they're in? Or do they get uh, shoved in the original sizing it came in? That's well, the here, kind of here, that's the kind the of stuff that Zordon doesn't want you to figure out. <laughs> there, no, there is, there is, there is an answer to that question. If you guys remember the the original Power Rangers Turbo film yeah. from way back when. Oh yeah. There was this kid that Blue became Ranger. A, the Blue Ranger. Yeah. 
And when he morphed, he became an adult-sized ranger. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess... What? I, yeah, yeah it's, it just it's, uh, happened during the morphing sequence where yeah. you know how they become like light and then... Next and then he becomes... Know, like, he, he, he gets bigger and becomes a, an adult-sized yeah. ranger. But he's a kid. Yeah. And his voice oh, is so still like, the same. Shazam type of, type of, kind of. Type no, of thing? Yes. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I mean, but, like, more of, of like he's a kid and turns into a... Yeah, it's more like he gets though, an adult body. Sorry, like, follow-up question. Yeah. You can remove your helmet if you're in ranger form, right? Yes. They've done it in a lot of... They, they did it in the, in the original Power Rangers film. Yeah, and I remember that Tommy Mighty did Morphin it. Power Rangers, um, yeah. Tommy did it when he came back for Dino Thunder. Yes, and yeah, yeah. the funny thing about Power Ranger helmets is, if y'all don't know, it's how they're built, like the, the prop themselves. It's a, uh, it's a clamshell type design. So yeah. there's, a, there's a hinge at the top of the helmet. And yeah. there are clasps on the side that unclasp. Yeah, because you can you can see the hinges when yeah. it's the American version. Like you know how some clips are Japanese, some clips yes. are mm-hmm. shot in America. Like in the American yeah. versions, the hinges on the sides where they clip, they're they're very mm-hmm. apparent and yeah. they almost look comically like toy like. But I think that was also the point. And how they shoot the helmet removing scenes is they shoot them like they have you hold the helmet. It's a it's a just a upfront shot. You're holding the helmet in front of your face. And then oh, you I didn't kinda, know that. And you lift it up so that it looks like you removed the helmet. That's how they did oh, it. Oh, well, that's just... Way uh, back So Oh, so they kind of do that perspective <clears throat> thing? Like how Peter Jackson filmed the original Lord of the Rings? Yeah, k- 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 yeah kind of sort of that way. With the, they kind of just mess with the yeah. camera angle? So that yeah. the hobbits look short and, you know, Yeah, but the perspective is still right. But yeah. yeah. Well, to be fair, though, what's interesting about the Lord of the Rings scenes is that scene where Gandalf was sitting with the hobbits and the dwarves and he looked really big. The yeah. set itself was was uh, mechanical. It moved along with the camera so that the perspective would stay while yeah. the camera was panning. So you the, see that the... that's kind of like playing around with perspective along with camera work. But like the Mandalorian did the same trick, but instead it's the background that moves. It's like a PowerPoint screen because it's a it's a virtual set. It's, it's a virtual like a dome. set. It is yeah. a virtual it's a dome, set, but exactly. it still looks very practical, which is. Like sort of like drawing the line between CGI and practical. Yeah, and, and now, speaking speaking of which, actually, I, I did I did want to ask you guys your point of view. I mean, obviously, we we have witnessed the live action. Granted, there was I, mean, I, I almost said live action Power Rangers, but all Power Rangers are live action. But the most recent, I guess, film. What would would you call it a film adaptation or a reboot? What, what would you, what would you call it? The most recent Power Rangers film with Brian Cranston as Zordon. I'd say it's a I, I'd say it's a soft reboot because like it's still it's still Saban. Yeah, so that yeah. film obviously it wasn't terribly received, but it wasn't very well received either, especially from Power Rangers yeah. fans. Oh yeah, and it, it it was a mix of the morphing sequence, how the the armor looked, and obviously. It kind of begs the question. The thing that everybody knows and and loves about Power Rangers is that it's it's kind of campy, but it it's because we take it because it's Power Rangers, and you kind of expect it to be campy. Yeah, you know, especially the campiness with, is part of the charm. Yeah, and it, how it feels like the kind of quintessential Saturday morning cartoon you'd see. Yeah, as a, and, as a kid. You know, yeah. Looking back, I think it's one of the only franchises or series or films where, obviously, you see the the monsters. They're obviously mascot costumes. But in the back of our heads, we just we accept it as a monster and, and as an enemy. While in mm-hmm. other things, when we see something like that, we're just kind of, oh, that, that kind of sucks. But in Power yeah. Rangers, it's just, yeah, because it's always well, been guess, that way. I guess a, a kind of statement where you would say, oh, well, that, that kind of sucks would be 
somewhat desensitized, like you being somewhat desensitized because you've consumed so much media already at a point. But for me as yeah. a kid, when I saw the kaiju, because uh, like, I used to think they were similar to like the ki- the the monsters in Powerpuff Girls, because they <laughs> yeah. always just, yeah yeah they always, more often than not they're pretty big. But I didn't really have. It's not like as a kid I've I saw what a an actual skyscraper sized monster mm-hmm. actually is. So as a kid, I don't know. I actually thought. That was my. It was like my Plato's allegory of the cave. That was what I thought. Yeah, monsters really did look like. Mm-hmm. I was probably just a stupid kid, but <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I, I I think I was the weird one because I would see monsters all the time. But <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, I actually grew up with Godzilla more than I grew up with Power Rangers. Um, I used to rent Godzilla DVD, the, the uh, original Godzilla, ones, Godzilla VHSs Ooh. from the Heisei era. Mm-hmm. Well. Um, I also borrowed from the Toho era, but most of those didn't have subtitles at the time yeah, because they were so mm-hmm. old school. But yeah, there was a blockbuster nearby my house. And I'm not going to tell you guys where that is. But <laughs> yeah, I used, to, I used to go straight to the Godzilla section. And I would borrow like Godzilla vs. Mothra or like Godzilla vs. Monster Zero, all of that. And I never questioned it either. Like in the way that they did practical effects with the guys in the suit, yeah. They made it feel like the uh, extreme long shots are the exact same scene as when you look at the humans. Because like it's different with Power Rangers. Because when they're in their Zords or when they're fighting giant monsters, you don't see the people walking around on the ground. Yeah, but, it's obviously a set. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a bigature. That's the... yeah. yeah, and you don't exactly. really see their feet up close until like the latter Power Rangers, where they had more budget for special effects, but. Yeah. In Godzilla, the thing is, Godzilla doesn't speak, and his his terror comes from the human aspect, where mm-hmm. you take the perspective of the human beings on the ground, the sheer terror of the people being terrorized by Godzilla. He's so Kojima. merging, exactly, yeah, that's iconic. Like just businessmen, j- Japanese businessmen running around, women with their children yeah. being carried, you know, running. Which, they on would, a side note, is actually one of the most telling things as a kid when you see Power Rangers and you know it's Japanese footage because it just yeah. shifts to a bunch of Japanese people running yeah, around. I'm like, I'm like, wait a what minute, what? <laughs> what happened to Bellevue? Like, yeah. <laughs> why, is it, why is it full of Japanese? <laughs> and occasionally you'd see a car with Japanese text on it. Are, like, they oh, all, what? are they all American when they're teenagers but then just suddenly turn Asian when they, get, when they turn into adults? <laughs> but yeah, because they merged those shots of human beings running on the street Mm-hmm. With Godzilla in the background, like you get that sense of how do I say this? The size, the scope of how yeah. big Godzilla is and how horrifying it is to be in the presence of a huge ass kaiju. Mm-hmm. Oh. I don't think they tried to emulate that in Power Rangers because, like, it's supposed to be hopeful. You're not supposed yeah. to see the people in the the thousands of people in the streets being crushed. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, <laughs> if you look at all the the fight scenes from the show, I mean, you, there there was a significant amount of casualties. If you look at how they fight, I'm pretty sure they do as it's like when you're watching Man of Steel and he's just destroying all the buildings. Yeah. That's the same amount of damage oh, that the yeah. Power Rangers have done. And at the end of the day, they're like, we did it! You murdered a bunch of people. That's yeah, what you did. True. <laughs> But I mean, in, in that context, I, I did... I mean, what do you guys think about the, the, yeah. that whole... The, I guess it's an age-old kind of argument now of CGI versus practical effects. And that, for me, it kind of took away that 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 first fight scene you see in the in the in the quote unquote new Power Rangers film is the Power Rangers coming out and they start fighting the what would be the putties 
but they're they're like rock formation putties in the new film. Yeah, and they were yeah. all CGI. Wait, they were, they were like, like putties. They're called putties. The putties the are the guys Mighty in the Morphin gray suits. Power Rangers. Oh yeah! yeah. Oh yeah! Yeah, yeah right. they're called putties. So the the putties <laughs> in the in the in the, in the new film, they were like these CGI things that would kind of break apart when when they would get hit. And I think occasionally some of the Power Rangers would be CGI when they're fighting them too. And that kind of took me out of it, ironically, as opposed to seeing some putties in in some kind of spandex. You know, and granted, the spandex would, would wouldn't have been a better choice, but I kind of would have preferred a more practical fight scene in that context. Yeah, because it's the same thing with when it comes to like DC or Marvel films. When mm-hmm. when the bad guys are just a big gray CGI character, like for example, Iron Monger or or uh steppenwolf steppenwolf or yeah doomsday or Ares from wonder woman like oh, you geez. lose this sense of connection with the villain because although it's cool seeing the hero beat up like this hulking monster if you don't care about the villain either arguably yeah. the villain is just as important as the main character mm-hmm. of course that's why that's why marvel in their writing style the technique and format that they use is that they put as much detail and emotion and development into the villains nowadays as much as the heroes like for example vulture like we know that he's a dad we know that he's just looking out Uh, for his family we know the first shot of the film is literally him you know being screwed over by a corp a faceless corporation Mm -hmm. so you know you start to side with the villain and when it comes to people like thanos where you can't side with him even if he's cgi because he's cgi you give him yeah. an ideal that people agree with. Maybe mm-hmm. he was right to some extent. Maybe the world yeah. did need balancing, but not to that extent. Wait, Thanos wasn't real? But no, man. Not anymore. <laughs> but but <laughs> he's real in here, points at your heart. Yeah, he stabbed me. <laughs> it turns into <laughs> dust. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of like a ghost from so Ant-Man and Wasp 2. I Ant-Man love and Ghost. Wasp, Ant-Man and the Wasp. There. I have Dude, a sin, I love and Migs already knows I, it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, oh wait, what? You haven't seen it? He just told me, you he just seen told it? me yesterday. Yeah, I was telling Migs that it's not that I don't like it. It's just it's one of you those films that kind of just it? flew under my radar. Like I, I was never it was, wasn't one that I was excited to see. So I didn't Which make an effort to see it and I just haven't gotten around to seeing it yet. Although I did hear it, it was it was a pretty good film. It was pretty enjoyable. One. It was a good yeah. follow-up. Yeah. Dude, Ghost is one of my favorite supervillains. Ghost from Ant-Man and the Wasp. She's the one in all white, Deba, and then she yeah. has the six eyes. Six yeah, yeah. And yeah. then mm-hmm. she faces yeah. through things. And just the moment that she took off her helmet and you see her expression and you see how tortured she is and how disconnected she is with reality because of her condition. It's just, it's so charming. It's kind of like that girl that played the mummy from the latest mummy movie. Oh, uh, dang, what was her name? She's uh, also the chick was, from Kingsman. Yeah, right? Gizelle, she was Gavel, Gavel, That lisp from from Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, I don't know. She just Gavel. had this surreal flow about her movements, and I think mm. like her her actress, like she purposely did that. She she knew that she was this ethereal specter, so yeah. she added it to her movements, and she became such a likable villain. Perfect contrast. Perfect contrast to Ant Man and the Wasp, in my opinion. Yeah. So watch the movie first before we talk about Granted, that. the mummy... Although, I think we, we'll try to save most of this conversation for a latter episode because uh, we, we do plan to do a, a guilty pleasures kind of thing. No, we can talk about the mummy because I also want to like bring up the practical effects and CGI of the mummy. Wait, the... Because, 
Wait, oh my the, god, the, yeah, the, like, like the, 20, the new the mummy or the old mummy? 2018 mummy? Both. Wait, like, is it? I want to talk okay. about both. Yeah, like, so, um, okay. Scorpion King. <laughs> Let, let's talk about your guys's. <laughs> I guess we can try to establish our standpoints on CGI and, and practical effects, which, I mean, I think would be a pretty interesting thing given the fact that we're all film connoisseurs, I guess you, you would call it, but both you and Ian are film majors, and I'm yeah. a culinary arts major. <laughs> But Still, anyone can film. Yeah, but to be honest, though, I, I will admit this, and I think I've told you guys this before that I, I mean, I've although I've kept a lot of my ability to just watch a film and just enjoy it or whatever, I've definitely become a lot more critical about certain things ever since I've met you guys, and and you know, it, we've become this this brothers, but only closer. Yeah, but definitely, yeah. I've, I've I've learned a lot from you guys from a film perspective, and it's really pushed me to want to learn more about uh, taking a look at films and how to figure things out. And I've gone a long way. I hope so, that doesn't take away from your experience, though. Oh, not at all. I mean, I yeah, like we're just I like we're kind of just we're just two idiots, Jay. Yeah, two yeah. Idiots about film. No, no, yeah. But I mean, I, I I'm just saying that it kind of opened up my perspective a lot more into what like the the more the inner workings of, yeah. of film and I, being able to appreciate more about it than just watching a movie the machinations of my mind are an enigma yeah but i mean i i loved ghost rider i loved the meg so, so <laughs> and Migs, being a film major loves transformers age of extinction i did not love it i uh, just lies. found it enjoyable lies had a great opening sequence i'm so glad that that baby dinosaur survived the terraforming of and, the uh, ian ian likes the mummy the new the I mummy, love the mummy. i love so, the mummy I mean, I would say though, I would argue that. Oh well, well. B- before that, uh, what well, what are your guys' stances on CGI versus practical? Ian, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> yes, Paul. I volunteer my seatmate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I, don't, so, I don't know. Actually, I mean, I think uh, Ian has a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Mama, I don't, I don't think it's supposed to be. I don't think they should be mutually exclusive. Mm, yeah, because like, uh, uh, what makes a good film is the is a good mix of all of the the ingredients you put into the pot. The tools that you utilize. Yes, exactly. Mm. So like a good mix you, of both. Yeah, if you use stone and spear, you get stone spears film. But if you yes. know, if you have a oh. a more crafted sense of the the art, I guess. I'm not saying I do. Like mm. I guess you'll have a you'll have a good, good semblance whether or not <laughs> to use practical or whether or not to use yeah. CGI. But then there are always yeah. times where because yeah, you, you gotta you gotta use CGI. Yeah, you gotta use what you you gotta use what what you have. Yeah, with an extent, but but exactly why I love I love people who who okay, this is a divided opinion. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess the entirety of the Star Wars, the the new trilogy, the sequel trilogy, has a lot of CGI to it. But it I still regardless, I love the fact that they impose that on already existing practical effects they use for the films. Like you mm-hmm. know Simon Pegg's character, his yeah, like his placeholder costume was still pretty accurate, and the practical, the prosthetics were were very good. That yeah. they, the reason why the CG looks good is because the practical, the the prosthetics the base, of everything, the yeah, the bases of, of all of everything they use, props or whatnot, yeah. they 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 were made with such a finesse that they yeah. look real. They they look realistic. They look uh, cinematic, I guess, in a sense. The mummy, so, none of that, but I love it. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess it really is. I mean, makes. Uh, 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 do, do you have the same kind of 
sentiments. Sentiments. Yeah, I would. I'd agree. So, like, I don't understand why people think that just because CGI was created, that makes practical obsolete. Yeah. Because it's a because I mean there are thing. there it's are like, two extreme sides to it. Like there are people that are practical purists who hate CGI, and other yeah. people who think like what you said that CGI is the future and screw practical. Yeah, it's like saying like just because air conditions w- are a thing, like nobody's going to need to use electric fans. <laughs> you know, to each his own. Sometimes mm-hmm. they work better together. Uh, actually, they work best together. Which is what exactly what I'm doing right now. I'm using electric fan and air conditioning, but that's why I thought of it. <laughs> now you see my thought process, and I'm exposed. <laughs> no, but what I'm trying to say is that if you can manage to work them hand in hand, that's amazing. You're a great craftsman. But there is no shame in using just one exclusive. People praise practical effects, yes, but I don't understand why people praise practical effects more than CGI. Do you have any idea how much work goes into CGI? Yeah, like I dare you, I dare you to just make one thirty-second scene CGI. Yeah, nobody knows how to do it. People think all it is is you click clack on a couple of keys on the computer and then boom CGI. It's no, not at all. You you build it from the ground up. Like these are assets created from scratch. I mean, yeah. Granted, you there are some assets that are pre-built and you can. For example, well, the Wilhelm scream is a classic. (laughs) I mean, it's it's, it's an example. On the will an example of like an audio asset that has survived the tests of time. Yeah. On a side note, I think I told you guys about it. I was watching the Medallion, that Jackie Chan film, and there's yeah. a oh, scene. Oh, there that looks so. It. Wait, I remember the poster. I I, I remember having yeah. a part of the DVD is, of it. Yeah, Jackie yeah, Chan yeah, yeah. is doing a flying is, kick. But yeah, that's Jackie always Chan, his pose, Migs. He's always yeah. doing a flying kick. That's true. Jack, that's Jackie true. Chan is a is a. Like a FBI officer or something, or something or the other. Is he always an FBI? Yeah, true. true. <laughs> he has so many roles. Or even no, I think in Shanghai gets, Noon, he was a action, cowboy. <laughs> but the the bad guy, what he wants is there's this amulet that gives you immortality and whatever. And so the kid, there's a kid monk. I remember this. Yeah, gives yeah, it to yeah. Jackie because he saves this it. Is but so anyways, familiar. there's a scene there where the big bad takes. Like, all he does is he reaches in. And it's a slow-mo shot, super intense. He reaches in, grabs a medallion, and pulls it off of the neck of Jackie Chan. But how they do it is he reaches in super slow-mo, goes into the chest, not, not into the chest, but grabs the medallion. And Jackie, close-up, slow-mo scene of him and like in terrible frame rate. It, it wasn't, it wasn't a, like a good frame rate to be slowing down. So he, he reels back in pain, even if all the guy's doing is grabbing the medallion. He reels back in, in pain and Jackie Chan close up Wilhelm screen. Oh man. It was Anyways, that's 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 neither here nor there. Oh, wait, wait, no, but okay, the C- that was CG then, would you think? Would you say? The, well No the, the, the grabbing the, the, screen? The, the, no no the ch- what about the chest part? Was it was that oh no! There, there was no CG there. Like all he did was he just took the medallion. He didn't reach into his chest. He was just wearing the medallion. He yeah. took it, and apparently Jackie Chan got hurt. So I don't, I don't yeah. know. Okay, no. The thing is, like we have to, we have to remember that CGI is still a work in progress. Oh, Practical yeah. effects is the so, same thing. I mean, isn't CG uh, always a? It's always a constant work in progress. Yeah, yeah exactly. Progress, so yeah. obviously, when people discovered it, people got excited and started using it, even if it wasn't convincing enough. But back then. Mm-hmm. When I was watching Phantom Menace, I was like, wow, in that Battle of Naboo. Oh, oh yeah. I was like, yeah, are definitely. you kidding me? Like, 
all of the soldiers were CGI, the Gungans and the droids. There was not one single practical effect in that scene. And I still remember it from childhood. But now that I watch it, it didn't age well, admittedly. But that's because our standards are raised because we have CGI in like the MCU or Transformers films where it's just like, wow, they literally brought a robot to life. Or wow, Mm -hmm. they literally Mm -hmm. aged Steve Rogers. The age of extinction. I, I will say, though, that in contrast to that, dude, the Jurassic Park. Oh. That, oh my god, Jurassic Park was right? amazing. It still and, stands today mm-hmm. too. Right, exactly. And and, and I guess it's today. one of those things where I think why it stands together so well is as Ian mentioned a while ago, it's it's a good mix of CGI and a practical. Oh yeah, dude. I think it's at the best way to go about it if if possible is to use CGI to enhance your practical effects and not rely yeah. just on CGI. Yeah, yeah. Right? Cuz there there is um there's a certain point where sometimes things get too realistic that it breaks your suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Like, see, uh, what's the name of that guy from Star Wars, the general? Grievous. Admiral? The, no, no, the, the... The Gungan general? No, no, the, the dude that passed away and then they brought Grand him back Tarkin. CGI. Grand Moff Tarkin. Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it, you're kind of like, he looks so realistic, but also oh, a little Rogue too One, weirdly realistic that it, you're kind of like, yeah, he's CGI. Like in Rogue yeah. One. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so did Leia. Like, Leia was like... Well, Leia know, was just... Leia she was, her face was smooth as butter. Like, yeah. it's just no pores, yeah. no texture. I know, but like, if you watch A New Hope, you're just like, that's not far off at all. <laughs> oh, no, but <laughs> Leia in... single... There are no pimples in space. They didn't, they didn't CGI her in uh, Rise of Skywalker, right? Uh, no, no. No, no. They, no, they didn't, right? They reused clips of her. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, clips that... I think they were able to shoot some clips. And then she passed away. Unfortunately. Why do I vaguely remember uh, reading something about them getting Billy Lord to, st- to as a placeholder, and then they they CG on her? Because it's, I mean, because they do remarkably yeah, look I mean, alike. Obviously, it could have been it for obvious been a, reasons. <laughs> oh, kind of like what they did with C- with uh, Paul Walker. I mean, cause, yeah, because they do look. Uh, they are a mother daughter. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't remember any scene where she was actually CGI'd yeah. because they maybe they considered it Rise of but Skywalker. decided not to wait did, did you say you haven't seen Rise of Skywalker yep what do you mean really I haven't seen the whole thing we've wait, seen yeah, it together wait. right How no 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 we didn't we didn't watch Rise of Skywalker there was, was the no first Star Wars film in a long time that we didn't see together it was also the only Star Wars film that I did not see upon release since Phantom Menace since Phantom Menace well, I don't, I don't even remember. <laughs> didn't when did Phantom Menace come out? Nineteen two thousand ninety nine, two thousand. Nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. Sometime I, I think or something around nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, I Man. I watched Phantom Menace with my grandfather, and then I went straight to McDonald's and got the Happy Meal just to get that droid. The the guys with the cylindrical heads and the one camera lens. The ones, the ones that roll. The one you yeah. bonk on the no, head no, 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 no. in Watto's a... hut in Watto's shop. That one. Oh. Honey. Yeah. Little Annie. 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 <laughs> I sold your mother to slavery. This will, ev- this will eventually contribute to you being the most powerful city in the giant galaxy, Annie. I hate Sam. <laughs> the, am- the Empire was Watto's fault. I'm just saying. <laughs> everyone's, well, blame- honestly, everyone's blaming Jar Jar. Nobody's blaming Watto. Screw that guy. But hey, man, Jar Jar is a Sith Lord. Hey, so. no. Well... Qui Gon kind of 
kind of messed with the dice. Everyone in Phantom Menace contributed to Anakin oh, yeah. being a Sith Lord. Yeah, well, Anakin like contributed oh, to Anakin guys, being a Sith the Lord. The prophecy says this guy might end up being a Sith Lord. Okay, let's go be mean to him. I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Duel of the a Fates. Ship. Duel of the Fates. A cup. Was okay, metaphorically, Duel of the Fates was supposed to be like this metaphor for like fighting over the soul of Anakin. Because Qui Gon Jinn wants to train him. Obi Wan Kenobi eventually, like that was passed down to him. Darth yeah. Maul wants to bring him to the dark side. Mm-hmm. But Qui Gon losing, there's a lot of flack for Qui Gon losing because, you know, he could have just waited for Obi Wan, mm-hmm. but he chose to face him head on at that big laser wall scene. Yeah. So that was Qui Gon's mistake. It was Anakin's mother's fault for wanting him to become a Jedi. It mm-hmm. was it was Obi Wan's fault for not treating him like he was supposed to be treated, like an apprentice, and his yeah. uh, his abilities in check. It was Padme's fault for falling in love with him, which the Jedi are not supposed to do. It was well, Jar Jar's fault. And I mean, Padme passing. was <laughs> much older than Annie, right? Yep. It was Jar Jar's fault. Ten for years. That Ten years. Law. Five, eight. Uh, it was pa- it was it was Jar Jar's fault for passing the law of turning the council into a empire, and it was Watto's fault oh, yeah, he's for so selling up. Shmi to slavery. So everyone in that movie is at fault. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, also- have you, have you guys seen fault? what happened to Jar Jar in the comics? Oh no, it's a it's a novelization. It's a it's a novel. Oh, what, was whatever really happened novel? To was it not in the comics in the extended universe? I don't know nah, if they made Legends. a no no I don't know if they made a comic of the novel. No, I forgot what novel it was. But this yeah. is in Star Wars, the current canon, because it's Disney, mm-hmm. like those that line of publishing books. Yeah, Jar Jar. He's, he's like a street beggar. He's like a clown yeah. now. He's a clown. He like I, I feel sorry for Jar Jar in the books, but because but, it's not canon anymore. Screw that guy. Wait, is it not? <laughs> it canon is canon anymore? again, isn't it's, it? It's still canon. It's still canon. So. People just don't consider it. But then again, if you make a new Star Wars, I don't think you can retract what the sequel trilogy did to the oldies, to the OGs, because you already killed them off. So you can't just they they gotta start maybe a like flash forward way from way forward from that point and just start fresh, start from scratch. What if what if how they decide to reboot the the Ryan Johnson films is they just uh, it was all a dream. The, yeah, the first scene <laughs> is Ray waking up like a flashback. <gasps> Or would have happened. That was a... <laughs> or or it's all just a, a it's all just a future prediction of Luke right before he was about he to, goes to, Anna, to, to, to kill Kylo. Kylo. <laughs> ben. And then I saw it. The new trilogy. Nope. <laughs> you know what? It's a bad idea. Yeah, nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. It's like Master Skywalker, what are you doing? Nothing, Ben. Good night. <laughs> you had a fly and I killed it. <laughs> Credits roll. Honestly, I wouldn't be mad if they rebooted Ryan Johnson's film. They rebooted Ryan Johnson. Yeah, because I feel, in my personal opinion, I feel like besides like the what Ryan Johnson did, it did not add any value to the universe. Because with with the first reboot, with 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 the the first new, what was it called? Uh, uh, Force Awakens. Force Awakens. See, I can't even remember. I was like, F- Force Hope. Uh, so Return of the Clones. <laughs> the the value that it added, which arguably just got wasted, were Poe and Finn. Fantastic characters, but totally set aside for whatever Ryan Johnson wanted to do. 
And well, okay, we've we've already talked about this. I've had I've had my I have my arguments yeah. in defense. Does Ryan for Johnson want to please the fans? Last Jedi. Does Ryan Johnson want to please the audience? Ryan Johnson wants to please Ryan Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, no. or, you, you think he just had to? They didn't have a story. They they just needed to get from point A to point B of Abrams' original plan. So they were like, okay, how do we tell a story, and that by the end, still put them in the same place like where they were before. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet Ryan Johnson was like, okay, but uh, worse. Like, okay, Ryan. So we got to figure out a story to 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 to, to still kind of stay in the universe of of JJ Abrams, and and you know that meme of the guy kind of just pointing to his head. Well, you don't have to stick to the story if we just throw away the story. <laughs> oh, well. So he just kills off Snoke and just, hey, I don't but, give a shit about hey, J.J. Abrams. I, I, like, stuff. There, there are themes about The Last Jedi that I still support and I think are, have been told pretty okay. But, no, yeah. I but, mean, Last yeah, Jedi but you, wasn't all terrible. But you but, can't mask the entire, you know, the entirety, like, as a whole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, in The Last Jedi, they use a lot of practical effects, obviously. They were so mm-hmm. proud because they marketed it as having the most practical effects aliens. In a Star Wars film? Or, uh, oh, yeah, aliens. in a Star Wars film. Mm-hmm. Aliens, yeah. aliens. And Period. they even, you remember that crystallized fox deer thing? Mm-hmm. Yes. They created a fully um, animatronic. animatronic for that. And I don't remember one scene where it wasn't CG. I don't remember a single scene where that crystal no, no, okay. was CG. But the did pop, it look good for you or not? No. Well, it looked cool, like the, the animal, the alien itself. But no, but like, it, would you say it's bad CG? Not really. It's just that it doesn't fit. It, it looks like something out of Final Fantasy. It doesn't fit into Star Wars. Oh, so that's more on the creation, like the lore building yeah, of that yeah. creature. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying that it was bad. It's just not Star Wars. That's true. I mean? Star Wars aliens, like you know, the Banthas, the Tauntauns, the the big the Wampa. Yeah. <laughs> I almost forgot. I was about to say abominable snowman. <laughs> yeah, the Wampa. Like we see these things and we're just like, oh, okay, it looks ridiculous, but that's because it's an alien. And then we see that that crystallized fox thing, and I'm like, am I in a fantasy film? Like, is this is this some sort of MMORPG? Because that's the vibe that it gave me. Mm-hmm. And the pogs, okay, okay. they made a practical effects version because they wanted to sell more toys. You can okay, no, that I too. I get, but okay, yeah. I would like to defend to defend those. What do you call those silver? Those crystallized foxes? Did they have a race? Pretty sure uh, they had something. I'm I'll sure, look it up. I'm sure, you go ahead. I'm sure it's in some kind of. Uh, wiki. It's a vulptex. It's a vulptex. The thing a, is, a like it's it's a vult. Well, okay, the first four letters, so vulp, and vulp. then tex, tex. Who's that alien? It's Vulpix. No, but the thing is, okay, Crate Crate is primarily a salt planet, so it makes sense for them to be crystallized. I guess the design of it all is, yeah, is is maybe not not that much lacking, but rather it doesn't feel apt. (laughs) I'm sorry, I don't know why. I'm just imagining a black circle. Who's that alien? It's a moon. That's no moon. And an explosion. <laughs> God I mean, Okay. I feel like the inclusion of the Vulptex, to me, it feels like, if, if, you, if you guys remember the uh, Crystal Skull, Indiana yeah. Jones, the, you know, the, 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 the gopher scenes, the mm-hmm. unnecessary gopher, like the, mm-hmm. the first mm-hmm. 
third of the film. There's way too like they're gophers. Yep. They just add no value. There's no reason why they're there. Yeah. It's just cute. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're not. So it might they're have, have been like a cute, a cute factor mm-hmm. addition. I mean, yeah. And it will make sense. They're not. They're non-sentient. So they're they're. They are kind of just crystallized. I've been calling them pogs. They're porgs. Pog is play of the game. Yeah, no, and pogs are also those little uh, circle cards that you smack. Ay, yung tex. De, pare, iba yun. Yun yung voltex. Iba yung tex. Tex is square. Square siya. Yung tex. Yung pogs, yung bilog. Ay, Yeah. Sorry, sorry. And it's a different game. Yung tex tsaka pogs. Tex ata, you flip eh. You flick it. Yeah, you do. Tex yung ginagawa ko sa cellphone ko Ah, ah ganun ba? Akala oh ko, ko text yung minimix sa mix eh. Ah, isa ka pa. Isa ka pang magaling. Akala ko text eh, yung pag may pag makatay yung aso ko eh. We're gonna take a quick 15 minute break to um solve our differences. <laughs> <laughs> If you have a podcast yourself, why don't you head on over to podmetrics.co and sign up using the referral code GEEKPD. That's all caps, G-E-E-K-P-D. To get full control on how you monetize your show regardless of its size. And if you're an advertiser who wants to collab with us, GEEKPD, then we'd love to have you in the precinct. Head on over to advertiser.podmetrics.co and fill up the form. If you didn't know... This digital precinct, other than being fueled by mere geekdom, isn't the only thing keeping our place running. We're also able to collaborate with other brands using Podmetrics, an incredibly easy way to monetize your podcast. But yeah, okay. I mean, I, I do get what Migs was pointing out a while ago about the animatronic box, is that I don't oh, like that. The, Again, it the is... process is so distorted because you use practicals and then it just ends up looking like it was completely CG. Yeah, what was yeah. the point? Yeah. I'm pretty sure or they sometimes, spent thousands on that. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes people create or hire like ILM maybe to create these these amazing practical effects and they just don't use it and go CG. Like like the the new the thing the prequel the thing. Mm-hmm. There was a scene there where they made a completely. You know that scene where the the thing the thing thing the thing, yeah. He he goes into like a uh, crab walk type position, yeah, and then is it and the he part sticks where his he... face to yeah. the other guy and they merge, which is which is the the alien that they find in the first movie. Yeah, they made a very realistic and great looking practical version, but then of it that. ended up looking like a bad Pixar looking. Yeah, and the, <laughs> I think they, I would I don't know I don't remember if it was the studio or or somebody told them not nah, just make a CGI. So didn't nagamit, which we talked about this in a podcast in, in one of our episodes. Did we? We did. We did. We were talking oh, about but yeah, our favorite I mean, movie aliens. <laughs> I guess it there are times also where I feel like you already have the great practical effect and then somebody just thinks that no, I think it looks better in CGI, so let's just ditch that and go CGI and it never really works out in that aspect. Well, that's why I wanted to ask you a while ago, Migs, did the CGI look good for you? Cuz like when when I ask that, I mean, is your suspension of disbelief broken? Not because yeah. the 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 lore building of it was, a, but rather the oh, technical no, no, no. aspect okay. of it of how the CG was created. The scene that I remember seeing it in was this very vivid. Bit of is this it, when like, it was like squirming was, into the rocks already? No, no, or? no, no, no. When the door of the cave was going down. Oh, because okay. you know how they had to seal themselves in. Yeah. So yeah, the yeah. door was coming down, and this fox just hops onto the frame. 
it looks back, it sees the shadow of the door coming down, and then it runs back inside. Oh, and when I saw, uh, I'm currently pulling up the the scene. Yeah, when I saw that, I thought I cannot see that thing standing beside a Wampa or like Chewbacca, and and think that they're in the same universe. You know what I mean? It took away for me. It took away from the immersion into that world. Like I remember seeing that that cafe. It's like the Moss Eisley ripoff, um, Maz's cafe, Maz's mm-hmm. bar thing, and there was this reggae alien music playing in the background, and you see all these practical effects monsters, aliens rather. Yeah, and it was very reminiscent of the first Cantina scene because that's what they were going for. Like they were going for the peg. But I just thought, like, that's great. That's what I'm accustomed to in terms of Star Wars. Not because it's great effects, but because this is the look that Star Wars has. Okay, I understand. You know, some of these are animatronics. Some of these are guys in suits. But like, just seeing that box, it's like, uh, okay. Okay. I mean, no, okay. So I understand. It's, from a, it's from a more creative aspect. Because usually, for you to, real, for you to realize that that CG is really clean and really good, you, you'd find... You'd, You'd find out that it's only possible because they were able to create practical aspects of it, such as the animatronics. That's why it would look. Mm-hmm. That's why I was asking you if it would look clean, if it broke your, su- your suspension of disbelief. Putting aside the creative aspect of it, because it really, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. Putting aside the creative like, aspect, like I understand that it, it contributed to the plot. I understand that it was also a metaphor for the rebels being cooped up in this hole, being hunted mm-hmm. down, and that's what they were trying to go for. And Obviously, like plot purposes, they were only able to find the exit because of these wolves, these foxes. So it was very like um, solicited, like their presence there. It was necessary mm. to have. Yeah, like, there was a reason alien. for the foxes to be there. Yeah, there is a reason for them to be there. But like, I just don't think that it meshed well with, you know, it's that scene. And then it cuts right to Poe Dameron right beside Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. uh, okay, like. This probably isn't happening in the same place. That's what my mind registered. You know. Yeah. Don't get I mean, me wrong. I love I the actually, design. I actually it looks just looked cool. it up. I want one as a pet. <laughs> apparently, what they did was they made a anima- the, uh, puppet. It's a puppet version, really good one. And then they scanned it digitally and they used that as a basis. Oh, well, that explains it. Because when I yeah. saw the, the 3D model that they mm-hmm. created, yeah. I was like, oh, they colored it and they added textures. Yeah, like physically added textures. So I guess we're gonna see it in the film. And then I was watching film, and I was like, "Where is it?" You know, I don't remember any scene where it was the practical version. So yeah, so I guess the process of creating the asset was just very meticulous. Yeah, and the best way that they could do it was make a realistic looking puppet and then just transfer it digitally. And I but guess it, it's but hard it clean. to recreate. It clean though, right? Yeah, it's yeah. pretty yeah. clean. I guess, I guess it's I, hard I just... to recreate the movements of a wolf itself. Of a yeah. of a quadruped, like um, although I will argue and, though that it's hard to kind of for my suspicion of disbelief to be broken in the context of what you said that it looked kind of Final Fantasy in that it is a it's an alien fox so we don't really have I mean for all you know that's what that alien fox actually looks like in Final Fantasy in real life yeah so given given the lore of the world yeah given the, the lore, galaxy so, uh, of the galaxy I was yeah. I was able kind of to just set that aside and that. I do get what it's, you mean. It's a new planet. Like you'd understand yeah. if they took some planet from Yavin Four again, yeah, and created a created a creature that totally didn't fit. Fit, yeah. Because I, I I would world. let it pass because it's an alien creature. Like I, I wouldn't know. So it was kind of okay for me on that sense. But I also get where you're coming from in that 
you know, it let's, did kind of look different from the lore. Let's dial back a bit in the Star Wars ca- movies because we've been on this Crystal Wolf tangent for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm sorry for criticizing Ryan Johnson. Like, no, don't if be any sorry. of your fans are, if any of your fans are listening, I'm actually not trying to pick a fight right now. I think. Wow, that's the first. <laughs> I know, right? And it's Ryan Johnson of all people. Yeah, but so if I'm any Ryan Johnson fans are here, get out. Joke lang. If the, no, no, no. <laughs> if any Ryan Johnson fans are here, then please know that I, I kind of like what he did. I don't like the movie itself, but I think that it was ballsy of him to go for something different. It's a, da- it's a damn if you do, damn if you don't situation. You do mm-hmm. something different, people are going to give you flack. You do something that new, is true. people are going to give yeah, you flack. Yeah, definitely. So, I agree. Yeah. But let's so just he, so he to... just pleased himself. Can't Basically. please anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I please <laughs> like a plaka, he just yeah, pleased himself. I mean. um, let's dial it back though. Like the third a... movie. Let's go to yeah. Return of the Jedi. A... Uh, Revenge of well, the Sith. Well, actually, I was I was think I, I thought you were gonna go back into the tangent of put setting aside Star Wars for a while, and I think Ian wanted to talk about the mummy in the context of CGI. Oh, what? In the context of CGI? Well, yeah, no, I... dude. Like the the CGI there was just. It's standard. It's just regular CGI. I only like the mummy because we were talking about our, our guilty pleasure movies, and okay, yeah. I just love how the Book of Amun Ra is, is there. It's just a complete <laughs> yeah. reference, complete. Yeah. You know, considering yeah. Yeah. that the failed cinematic universe of monsters, ni and <laughs> Warner, but though is this Warner? No, Universal. Hey, no, Universal. This yeah. is Universal, right? So for the them to have universe. such a failed dark universe, at least I appreciated that they made the Brendan Fraser mummies canon. Yeah. They literally bashed us in the face with it, literally. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and you know it does suck because I would have loved to see that that universe. And I watched come that to in IMAX, right? It would yeah. have been such a cool idea, and I think the arguably the the main issue was they just they tried to rush it, it instead of building a universe. Like here are most of the characters. Take it. Okay, if if we're gonna, yeah, I know, right? It's like oh, there's a vampire skull, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, it's the hand of the thing from that movie with a creature, you know? It's like, but okay, let's, let's take four scenes, CGI scenes from the original mummy, the original mummy movies. So let's take, oh, wait, no, no, no. Original wait, mummy three, is like though. the black the, and white. The 20, one. the 20s. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm, like the I'm, Brendan Fraser one. I'm talking about four scenes. Okay. So the first scene that I want to talk about is the, the sand face. That looked bad. Well, no, okay, the, okay, okay. The sand the face, like the was tidal made, wave of sand, the tidal, the the sandstorm, and then yeah. this face. Okay, no, that I think horrible. I would argue that the sandstorm looked okay, uh, looked pretty okay, especially the time that it was made. It may, that mm-hmm. might not hold up as good now, but I would mm-hmm. argue that the one that looked really bad was the water face. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, the that water one was terrible. The sand yeah. face, I think, is definitely passable. It looked really good at the time of release, and I think it looks kind of okay now. Like I would still watch it, and like okay. But when I saw the water face, I was like, "What is mm-hmm. that?" Yeah, yeah. Now, I, and I understand it, that. Yeah, because it might have been because moves in a very specific way, and yeah. if you put a fantastical aspect to it, it's kind of hard to gauge exactly what water would look would like. look like in that. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion, some of the best CGI water uh, in video games. It's um, what do you call this? It's Sea of Thieves, where you're literally um, on a pirate ship for most of the game. The water yeah. there looks amazing. Yeah. However, in Call of Duty Modern Warfare, uh, Call of Duty um, Advanced Warfare, yeah, they were so proud that like, hey, look, we have, we don't just have CGI water in this game. We have 
ish. Ooh. <laughs> but then again, wait, Sea of so Thieves is very stylized in, in art design. So it is, the it water is. Well, the water meshes well with the world. But yeah. I guess for, for advanced warfare, I don't know. Like the reflections and you can see yeah, the fish <laughs> through it because it's a translucent. Really cool, a really you, cool CGI scene I remember of where water looked realistic even if it was in a very odd situation was when Dumbledore trapped Voldemort in a ball of water. Oh, in Order of the Phoenix. Mm. Order of the Phoenix, yeah. The Battle of the duel. Department of Mysteries. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And that duel, Dumbledore swirls a giant ball orb of water and yeah. Voldemort's trapped in it. That looked really cool because you can actually see some of the water falling off of it. Yeah, but it's the props details, to though. anyone that has the guts to actually utilize water in CGI because it's a very, very elusive yeah. element. And, and also, on a side note, speak, on, on the note of very difficult assets for CGI, dude. Hair, hair simulations. Oh, oh yeah, dude. dude. Incredible. <laughs> no, not even so for like, live action, but rather for for animation. Yeah, it's like you could go from hair to spaghetti real quick. <laughs> exactly. Did you know especially that for made... Incredibles two? Yeah. Mm, also yeah. for for um Brave. Did you know that they had to create twenty programs just for Meredith? Oh, hair? for her fluffy hair. Yeah. Oh, I'm pretty man. sure the animators Physics. were just like, "What? What the hell are we doing?" They're like fifteen programs in, and like. <laughs> This isn't many... even. It's not even for the plot. It's just for <laughs> it's her just, hair. It's just because she's Irish. <laughs> Although, I mean, if if we are talking about Scottish, I'm so re- sorry. Relatively bad Scottish. CGI. She's Scottish. Allah, Allah. And, oh, she's Scottish. I'm so sorry. Scottish. That's Scottish. a terrible Scottish accent, by the way. But if if we are talking, I gave about my mommy a cake. She gave. She turned into a big bed of my OG. CGI to do that <laughs> doesn't hold up, but also looked bad at the time of release in the context of the mummy. We can't we we can't forget the Scorpion King, the Rock. Oh my! God. Gonna, no, no, you I mean was also okay, talk okay. About that, You yeah. mean the Scorpion King fight in the Mummy Returns? Yeah, or well, or the both. Scorpion King because the <laughs> Scorpion the King didn't really Not have a lot of CG. Although yeah. you know, albeit it was it was pretty bad, dude. Uh-huh. It was. I don't even it know. Was. was it was it a Hollywood movie? It was. Or was it a B movie? I think it was a Hollywood movie. It was The Rock. Because it was it was a spinoff. It was a spinoff. Yeah, I think that was the the Rock kind of. Uh, climbing made his own thing. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. My parents man. didn't allow me to see that movie because Scorpion King. Because it. it is, a, it had topless men. Makes... Yeah, yeah, well, basically. <laughs> like, but yeah, dude, I'm still gonna watch it. Though. Such an iconic <laughs> scene, and still looked back upon by a lot of CGI artists. That that little smirk that the CGI The Rock does. It was so. Bad. Oh my gosh, dude! And you know, you know when you've been scraping your oil pastel on your paper too much that you can't even see the creases of the paper it just looks yeah. like a full layer of oil on yeah. the, the on the ca- that's what his skin looked like yeah and i think the, but the 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 lighting on him didn't match exactly and that's what makes good cg most of the time yeah. it's uh yeah. not okay not just good lighting but consistent mm-hmm. lighting it has to be consistent with the cg with the, with the things you impose practically, like the, the talents, yeah, the, the, yeah. the physical things of the shot, yeah. the lighting should match the CG you put. Yeah, I wanted it's... to talk about that too. Um, so that's two of the CGI scenes that I wanted to talk about from The Mummy. It's the, um, it's the sand phase and it's the Scorpion King. But the third one is mm-hmm. the Scarab scene. I love where they just get swarmed by scarabs. By In my period. opinion, it did not look convincing. They didn't look like real scarabs, obviously. But what sold it was the sheer terror and acting. the acting of the yeah and also like, on a side know, note what helped them out was that it was a very dark scene for the most part yeah so it oh, kind of 
Yeah, like if you look real close, especially if you probably get the Blu-ray, if there is a Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. You're like, ooh, yeah. But because it was so dark for the most part, it kind of hid the CGI effects. Yeah, we were just talking about this, Dre, yesterday when uh, we were talking about the Scarab scene in particular Mm. and like how like you uh, the worst thing is to just get swarmed by scarabs. Oh, yeah. You know, that's like <laughs> so scary. Just became Canadian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay. The fourth one that I want to talk about was the CGI on the mummy himself. The first mummy. Mm. Um, what's, what's his face? What's his face? Amon-Ra? Imhotep? Imhotep. Yeah. Who's Amon-Ra? No, that's the, that's the god. Yes, Biggs. the god. Right, and right, then right. Anaximenes uh, is, Anaxenemun is the love interest. Is the love interest? Yeah, I don't think it's Imhotep. That's my bad. You know how like, uh, you know no, how, no, 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 no. It is Imhotep. Is it Imhotep? Don't they chant? <laughs> Remember in the first mummy where he was mind controlling the civilians and they were all chanting Imhotep. Yeah, no, and then, it is, it, and it then is they Imhotep. did a they did a shot of the dead thing where they kind of blended in with the brainwashed yeah. people. <laughs> so Imhotep. the thing is, gradually throughout the film, you see Imhotep turn from this um, mummified. Corpse, corpse thing back into his flesh form, dude. Mm-hmm. But when he took the guy's that, mouth, yeah, I know eyes, but no, he took the eyes first, right? Yeah, and then the tongue. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh man, that's CGI. Okay, there's this amazing CGI scene where he comes out and he's almost human, but his cheek is sort of doing a two face from the Dark Knight yeah. thing, and oh, a, scarab, yeah. a scarab comes out, goes. Oh, into he bites his it. He bites it. It enters. And yeah. Bites it. That was amazing. I was watching that and I was Especially like, Especially given the time, no? That it came yeah, out. Yeah. That was amazing. Like, I gotta admit, that gave me, like, jitters. Not from fear, but just because of, like, how. Mm-hmm. Who the hell is that? Ng onte. Kin- no. Although, period. Actually, even, <laughs> even his mummy form when he was newly resurrected and they were still yeah, in the good. tombs, like, that was very terrifying for me. I guess the CG hasn't aged well since then, yeah. but. But also, again, it was a very dark room, so that really yeah. And I'd like to think these parts of the movie actually would help the argument that it is a horror flick too. It has horror. It has very much horror aspects to it because oh, it terrified yeah. me. The, the the use the use of darkness, um, mm. the 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 mythology behind it, and yeah. just the the classic singling out people one by one, dying yeah. in the side yeah, in the background. Yeah, yeah it, it was like it's a classic formula for for a horror flick and it completely terrified me regardless of the cg and yeah. if, if if you still have that emotional response despite you know knowing this is by criticizing the technical aspects of it i think like you know it's still in the art form so like it still makes a good film i i heavily enjoy what? the mummy the it's actually the my favorite i mean we've talked about it in that the treasure hunter episode it's it's arguably probably my favorite even if i said that uncharted <laughs> nathan drake is my arguably what i think the best uh, treasure hunter but i oh, think yeah. my favorite treasure hunter film is still the because of the the different aspects it's not just a treasure hunter film it's also kind of a horror film in and of itself it's kind of like a monster slasher like um yeah, it is the first one especially yeah. the first one very yeah, much yeah, so yeah, is a exactly. monster slasher but what i think what i think helped it was because they took this fantastical mythical creature the mummy and yeah. put him in a realistic human setting um, yeah. A lot of a lot of early '90s to uh, a lot of late '90s to early 2000s films are guilty of this, like Jason Jason in New York, yeah, and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The Predator Two, and, and oh, with, uh, even with Jurassic Danny Park Two, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. actually, yes. and even Jurassic Park Two when they put that T Rex in the city, yeah, like they want to see what the situation would, how the situation would play out if you took this monster 
and put him in a city or a a human setting. Yeah, like things so, that would normally unsettle you on a you know because yeah. yeah exactly it's literally like the boogeyman coming back to life because if the entire mummy film took place in Egypt, it would be hard to convince the audience that Egypt and in that setting with the mummy is real because we don't know what ancient Egypt looks like in person. Yeah, so it makes it more mm-hmm. relatable. Yeah, it does make it look more relatable. Like I remember the first op- the opening sequence in X Men Apocalypse. Where you have these four mutants, mm-hmm. the horsemen, the fa- the four horsemen of apocalypse, yeah, and they are carrying a blood sacrifice so that apocalypse can have a new form. Yeah, I was like, this looks like an alien planet because mm. there are people with superpowers in ancient Egypt, and and you know, like the whole pyramid is collapsing, and yeah. there's this there's this like psychic barrier that this one horseman creates, and I'm just like, how are they gonna how are they gonna make this convincing? That this is happening in the same world where Professor X gets shot in the back and gets yeah. paralyzed, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> I don't know. I think that I think it's just the setting and the human aspect mm-hmm. of it, which is what we were taught in film school. It's always the human aspect that you want to look for. Yeah, in well, a and, fantastical setting, which I and, think the MCU has done like com- incredibly well because mm, you yeah. you have certain characters say these throughout the several you know throughout several movies intertwining mm-hmm. connected movies where they're like. Oh, especially when uh, Hawkeye spieled to to Wanda in Age of Ultron when they were when he when he was motivating her. Exactly, like I'm just we're a in guy a with a floating city, and it feels very grounded. Like the yeah, the delivery yeah. and because and because the world building that, is okay. Oh no, no, he he is just a dude with a bow. It's like they're monsters. These these and it, these, these killer robots. These, these superpowered people. Exactly, I'm a dude with a bow. And, it, Dude, and then, that was... you know, it doesn't it doesn't break your experience because yeah. you've seen there's this parang pinagsamahan as a fourth wall as an yeah. audience with them. Yeah, yeah. Which especially is executed since, well. Especially yeah. since Jeremy Renner is so self-aware of his character. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can see it in the SNL skit where he's just like, I'm out of arrows. Why? Uh, I only brought 11. Like, yeah. There are like 100 aliens and I killed 11 of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But Which what makes that scene so perfect? That in my scene opinion. where he he knocked his bow for Quicksilver. Nobody's gonna know. Nobody's no one will know. <laughs> no one will know. What makes that scene perfect for me when when Jeremy when Jeremy like Hawkeye is convincing <laughs> Wanda of how ridiculous the situation is, and this is a do or die situation. You you're an Avenger or you're dead. Yeah, is because we know Hawkeye with his character development, especially in that movie where you see his family. We yeah. know that he cares about people, genuinely. Yeah. He has a daughter, he has a wife, and mm-hmm. uh, no, he has a son, and he has a wife. So he has people to care for. And like we know that Wanda is this lost orphan who just lost her way and has been suddenly convinced that she's part of something bigger now. Yeah. And we also know Jeremy Renner as this fantastical character with a bow and arrow amidst like a hulking giant, a me- mechanized suit, and a super soldier. Yeah. And a thunder god for fuck's sake. Like we know that he's not meant to be a a superhuman, so that that just puts us into yeah his shoes. Like, what if you were an Avenger? You know, do you still want to be a superhero? Everyone wants to be Hulk, but like, do you still want to be put in that situation where you're in a floating mm-hmm. city fighting an army of robots and all you have is a bow and arrow? It just it just changed the whole superhero mm-hmm. image yeah. for me. See, which would you know you would say is executed well compared to. Other things, other yeah, other, other franchises. Things. Like there's an, there are other franchises oh, yeah. that do this. Like for example, Star Wars. Even if these are like Jedi's versus Sith and the Empire versus the Republic, the New Republic, like 
they it's still a farm boy and it's still the story of a family the Skywalker family mm-hmm. there's anger Uncle there's, Owen and Aunt Beru there's miscommunication there's Nana barbecue you know it's a love story in Attack of the Clones <laughs> and, again dialing it back to an early film in the Star Wars trilogy the Star Wars trilogies Revenge of the Sith we care for we care for the characters because they've had the benefit of two movies worth of character development but mm-hmm. what I don't like about it is that all of the enemies are faceless the clones the, the droids clones. the creatures that big lizard th- that, that <laughs> big lizard thing I think I'm Obi-Wan Obi-Wan <laughs> <laughs> General Grievous, the main antagonist of that film. Mm-hmm. Um, arguably, it's Anakin. I don't know. Whatever. But oh, you want to hear my impression of General Grievous? Yes, please. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> Pretty good. Okay, okay. <laughs> you want to play it out? Hello there. <laughs> Just like the Benobi. <laughs> I don't know. Can I think. The only human aspect from Revenge of the Sith that I remember was when we started seeing Order 66 come into play. Oh, you and, and it's just that sheer betrayal. It's that sheer betrayal from the Jedi's faces when their best friends, who they've been fighting a war with for all these oh, years, yeah. turn on them. Like, can I just say, dude, dude, can, I, dude, can I just say Kiari Mundi deserved to be shot? Are you kidding what? me? <laughs> that guy was a, soci- a self-righteous sociopath. Mm. Are you kidding me? Kiari Mundi? What did Kiari Mundi do to you, Ian? Uh, you should read up his, uh, his backstory. Uh, there's no, okay, there's fine. Just... Maybe not Kiari Mundi, but like, what Dude, about that, that bo- guy? Is... What about oh, that uh, Twilight? Yeah, the Twilight. Oh, what's her name? Ayla Sakura. Ayla Sakura. That's Wait, right. she died no. in... Yeah, no, yeah. No, no, Ayla Sakura. She died on that mushroom planet. Yeah, yeah, but who was the Twilight in... In the deleted scenes in Revenge of the Sith and Grievous of Ship. Shock T. Shock T. There we go. Fudge. The same oh, man. So many as, people keep. Uh, what's. Ahsoka. Ahsoka, yeah. Yeah. Like, man. I don't. I, I, I thought that was heartbreaking, that scene where they were all just being murdered. Very and much so. The fact that they had to kill Ayala Sakura by shooting her multiple times because Twi'leks can regenerate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, dude, no. But hey. I mean. Ever since, ever since we realized that lightsabers can deflect blaster fire, mm-hmm. you think the Jedi are never going to die from blasters. How wrong were we, man? Dude, <laughs> like, so wrong. So yeah, they dude, wrong. all died from blaster fire from clones, for crying out loud. But I think because mixing the human aspect of it, like we see scenes where um, the Jedi have human faces yeah. mixed in with the blaster fire and droids versus stormtroopers, clone troopers in the background. Mm-hmm. I think that's what that's what made Attack of the Clones so detached compared to Revenge of the Sith. Because in Attack of the Clones, all you see is on Geonosis, you see these like aliens flying around. Yeah. And then the Jedi come in. And yeah, there's already just... immediately a hierarchy or a certain rank system. Yeah. The Jedi yeah, are yeah. suddenly treated as generals. Like, wait, did Yoda. they have like a did they have like a team meeting, a town hall for this? <laughs> Yoda's <laughs> suddenly giving Yoda, the one person that's not supposed to be trusted with communicating properly, is suddenly giving commands to military troops. Yeah. Around the survivors, a perimeter create. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell did he say? <laughs> Does he have his comms on? Like, I think he's just uh, trying. Wait, to... So around the survive, uh, <laughs> correct, uh, 
down. What's that mean? I will like, argue Master that. Yoda, are you on the way? Off target, I am. <laughs> what? <laughs> I will argue, though, that I think I the, the Clone Wars animated series definitely did help in humanizing the clones oh, a lot it, more. it fleshed out the world right? much more before yeah. Revenge and, of the Sith. And watching Clone that Wars. and then going back to, the, to Attack of the Clones, uh, episode two, it does kind of make it a little bit better. Yeah, at the, I, I, I can see how at the time without the Clone Wars animated series, yeah, definitely you're just kind of like, okay, these guys are just whatever. They're basically Actually, like red shirts, sort of, in, except they the, don't die. But the entire Attack of the Clones wasn't so bad, except for the Anakin arcs. Because if you if you just stitch all together the arcs of the Obi Wan scenes where he finds out Count Dooku's betrayal and the the formation of all of these clones in Camino and all of the mm-hmm. Genosians making yeah. these death the, this Death Star, like it it makes for a solid movie. They just but in the, they they ran out of another they ran out of another arc to find. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I feel like if there was just a little semblance of, you know, completion in Attack of the Clones, it would have been mm-hmm. a very, like, consistent narrative. Yeah, to but, be honest, you know... they shouldn't have exiled Padme to Naboo, you know, uh, like, to, you know, and for protection. They should have just, I feel like if, if they tagged along, it would have made for a better story. Yeah. If they it would were have more made involved. A, it the... would have made a more cohesive trio because there's always a trio, you know that. Like, yeah, yeah, but exactly. But for most of the movie, it was just Anakin and Obi-Wan. So, or Anakin yeah. and Padme, or I guess the real duo would be three PO and R two, which and you know R2. is a good example of practical effects. Yeah. Oh, dude. I mean, yeah. I guess I th- I think we all share the same sentiment when it comes to practical and CGI versus CGI. They don't necessarily contradict, and they shouldn't. They shouldn't yeah. be polar opposites. It's not. And they shouldn't and be exclusive. They shouldn't be mutually exclusive. Yeah, they should complement each other, and and mm-hmm. filmmakers that know how to utilize them well, it makes for a great cinematic experience. That's true. However, if there are some filmmakers that don't know how to make them work together, Super, Superman's mustache, Superman's mustache, <laughs> um, freaking, oh, you know, the thing where it's so blatant <sighs> that that the scene is CGI, it just yeah, it doesn't make any sense. You know, I guess at the end of the visually. day, you have to consider yeah. the art form as a whole and realize, okay, with what with what tools can I create in the most effective yeah. way? The best way to my, tell the my, story, my film yeah. or my story. Yes, exactly. So yeah. it's less on what... Because you're, you're trying to compare two tools when in the end of the day, you should be, you know, you should be Using thinking as to, you know, how, yeah, how can I create something as a whole that is entirely amazing? Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about our opinions on CGI versus practical all we want, but yeah. what we really want to know is your opinion. So if you have any thoughts on it, please do share it with us. Who knows? You might be a guest if you know what you're saying. Uh, you can comment on our <laughs> We <Facebook> clearly page. don't. <laughs> exactly. So please, please just become devil's advocate for, <laughs> for one episode. For you can comment Geek on PD. our Facebook page, on our posts. That's facebook.com slash geekpd. We also have an Instagram page. Yes, you have an Instagram page. Your handle is at GeekPD Official. Yes! Yes. <laughs> yes, you guys got it right. Think about Again, it. Again, guys, don't fret. There's nothing on our Instagram yet. Oh, I'm spitting fire. Woo, I'm a oh, rapper now. What out, yes. what out, what out. I'm a well, lyrical, well, miracle, spiritual. figuring out the kind of content we want to be posting on our Instagram, so we'll figure that out. And again... Do if you if you start following us, do message us and let us know if you want to see Migs in a in a slave Leia outfit, and we'll try to make it happen. Yeah, and Dre and I will probably be the Jabba. 
Because yeah, it, like, it takes two to tango. <laughs> it takes two to Jabba. Yeah, one will be one will be the, the lower half. One will be the upper half. And you can, at the we end can take of turns. the day, I will strangle the Jabba with a chain. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for not just stopping by the precinct, but also hanging out yeah. for this. If you guys want to hear more, you can follow us on our Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you want your podcast fix. There's also a bunch of other podcasts mm-hmm. that you can follow. That is like Kadazzers, the Wrestling Wrestling Show, Cool Pals, and you can find all of that. Check them out on the, our official website. That's podcastnetwork.asia. Yes, Thank you so also much on to Spotify. Podcast Network Asia. Thank you so yeah. much. And also, I hope you guys kind of enjoyed this more laid back. We didn't even, <laughs> there's no case file for today. I mean, kind of, there is about CJ Average Practical, but we're, we kind of want to take a little break from the take, taking a look at a case file and deciding if we want to close or leave yeah. a case file open. It's just a more chill conversation since CGI and Practical is kind of a longstanding thing a debate sort of or thing that people talk about all the time especially and in, in the fandoms and every fandom that 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 you can think of there's always some kind of cgi or practical conundrum so True. i hope you guys enjoyed this this more casual form of i certainly EPD. did i i feel like this is one of the my favorite episodes that we've recorded so far i feel like we've mm-hmm. really built a connection you know if we I ever like find I'm, our time travel episode we'll yeah. let you know Yes, like I'm ready to introduce yeah. also, our audience to my parents. Just so you yeah. guys know, the the there is a really good time travel episode, Lost in the Ether. We recorded an episode about time travel quite some time ago, and it has uh maybe maybe it got sent back to the future. <laughs> Who knows? Oh but no! We 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 if we find it, we'll we'll you'll know because it'll it'll be uploaded. It'll be up. maybe it'll we'll be talk up. about it a little yeah. bit so- sometime. But yep. I think that about does it for today's episode well i say today but it doesn't really matter who knows what time your day you're listening to this but for this episode of geek pd and once again my name is dre whenever and wherever you are watching from and what time zone you are in please do keep safe my name is migs and don't worry the precinct will always be open for you my name is ian and this was uh, all together geek, geek, PD. geek PD. stay safe stay home don't sneeze bye see ya, everyone guys. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.